0: Welcome to the sermon webcast of Good News Lutheran Church of Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. The following sermon was preached on April 3rd, 2016, on the basis of Acts chapter 18, verses 1 through 11. The story is told of a training seminar that a bunch of pastors were in attendance at. Specifically, this was a seminar for campus ministers, pastors who served college students on college campuses, and it was intended to better equip them to share the gospel in that specific setting. And so the presenter started out the whole presentation by standing up in the front and inviting everyone who was there to find someone who was sitting next to them and take turns sharing what they considered to be the gospel. As everyone talked, the the presenter went around the room and listened in on the conversations. And when everything had quieted down, he went back up to the front and gave his assessment. And he said, everyone did a fantastic job, but there was one big problem. He said, I didn't hear one single person mention the fact that Jesus had risen from the dead. Now, when I first read that story, I I immediately thought to myself, is that a a problem or an issue that's bigger than just that seminar? Here's what I mean. When we think about our faith, or certainly when we talk about our faith, I, I think that most often we don't forget about Jesus' birth. We hear it, we say it all the time, right? God loved you so much that he sent his son Jesus into this world for you. And I also think that most often we don't forget about his death, We say all the time, Jesus died on the cross to pay for your sins. He loved you that much. But does it end there? Do we often forget to mention what happened on Easter? In fact, I confess to you that that I would be a little bit nervous if someone were to go on our church website and, and sort of check a random sampling of my past sermons to see if, in fact, that's the case. If Jesus' resurrection doesn't get mentioned a whole lot, to see if that's the case. And if that's the case, why is that the case? Now before we get there, you might be thinking to yourself, well, I mean, all that's fine and good, but, but probably the last place that I would ever picture myself is at some evangelism training seminar or standing up in front of a church giving a sermon. And that may well be true. But do you know where you probably will find yourself at some point? you'll probably find yourself talking to a friend or a coworker, or maybe even one of your own children who is feeling absolutely worthless or who is burdened by guilt because of the things they've done in their life. You might find yourself with your arm around your mom trying to comfort her as she weeps at the graveside of your dad you might find yourself having a conversation with someone that you barely know in the checkout line at the grocery store, someone who is completely distraught over the direction that our world is heading and how much ground evil seems to be gaining. And in all of those situations, or any situation like them, there is one important thing that we need to remember. It's what those pastors at that seminar needed to remember what the Apostle Paul needed to remember as he traveled around the Mediterranean world proclaiming the gospel, the lesson that we will take from these verses that are in front of us today is this simple reminder, as you share the gospel, don't ease up on Easter. Why might we be tempted to do that? Well, the verses in front of us begin with the words, after this, and this is is referring to Paul's stay in the city of Athens. Now while he was in Athens, Paul found himself sort of giving a sermon in front of this big gathering of of what you might call the brightest minds in the city. And for a while during the early part of that sermon, Paul was sort of on a roll. And he had everybody in his audience right there with him. But then he got to the part of the sermon where he told them about Jesus and he mentioned Jesus' resurrection from the dead and they all laughed at him. A resurrection. What a silly, foolish idea, right? So then, after Athens, Paul came to Corinth. And in these verses, we find out that, that the very first thing that it happened in Corinth is that he met this Jewish couple, Aquila and Priscilla. And we're told that they had recently come from Rome because Emperor Claudius had kicked all of the Jews out of the city of Rome. From what we can gather, what happened was that the gospel of Jesus, including the message of his resurrection, had made its way to Rome and it had caused all this turmoil among the Jewish people. It divided them. Some people believed it, some people didn't. Some people accepted Jesus as the Messiah, some people didn't. And in response to this turmoil, Claudius simply ordered all of them out of the city. So now put yourself in Paul's shoes. In Athens, the message of the resurrection got him laughed at. And in Rome the message of the resurrection got all the Jews kicked out. In other words, in the two most important and influential cities on the face of the earth at that time, the message of Jesus' resurrection from the dead had only led to division and derision, turmoil and ridicule. So now Paul comes to Corinth. Do you think that maybe Maybe, just maybe, he was tempted to sort of ease up on this whole Easter thing a bit. Maybe cool it on the resurrection idea. Maybe focus his attention on other things that Jesus did. Maybe that sort of explains why we might be tempted to do the same. Picture yourself in one of those situations that I described before. Someone you love is feeling worthless or burdened by guilt. Someone is grieving a loss. Someone is distraught over the direction things are headed. Is it fair to say that that our first instinct might be sort of to offer some shallow, generic platitude? I mean, that's the safe thing to do, right? We might say, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Nobody's perfect. You're fine just the way you are. We might say, it's okay. He lived a good life we'll always have those good memories that we can cherish. We might say, it's okay, everything's going to work out. Remember that everything happens for a reason. Well, okay. If we're a little bit gutsier than that and we're willing to actually say something that that sounds remotely religious, is it fair to say that maybe Jesus' resurrection won't be the first thing that comes up? Like I said, I, I think we usually remember to talk about his birth and his death, and and maybe some of the nice things that he did and the wise things that he said that came in between. And I think there's a reason for that. Those things aren't going to cause a hostile reaction. Those things aren't nearly as likely to get you laughed at. I mean, those things happen all the time, right? People are born all the time. People die all the time. You could do those things. I could do those things. And so maybe that's why we spend most of our attention talking about those things and maybe why Easter, Jesus' resurrection, sometimes gets left out. So what do you think Paul did when he got to Corinth? Well, from those verses in Acts, we don't hear a whole lot about what he said, but we actually know what he said in Corinth in very great detail because years later he would write a letter to that very same city, the letter that we know as 1 Corinthians. It's in our Bibles. And in that letter, Paul says this, Brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel that I preached to you, which you have received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved. In other words, here's what I preached when I was there, here's what you believe, and here's the gospel that brings you salvation. Here it is that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised from the dead on the third day, according to the scriptures. So nope, in spite of what happened in Athens, in spite of what happened in Rome, when Paul got to Corinth, he didn't ease up on Easter, not even one little bit. Friends, it might be easy for us to focus on Jesus' birth or his death or anything that comes in between. Those things won't lead to division or Derision. Like he said before, you and I could do those things. But that's kind of the problem, isn't it? You and I could do those things. The Savior that you and I need is not one who could simply be born and not one who could simply die. If that is all that Jesus did for us, then you and I are still stuck in our sins and still destined for damnation as much as we ever were. If that's all Jesus did, then our faith in Jesus is absolutely no reason for peace or for hope. You and I need a Savior who also rose from the dead. It's Jesus' resurrection that proves Jesus was everything he claimed about himself. It's Jesus' resurrection that proves that our sins have been paid for, that we are at peace with God and that we will always have a place with God. That even when we feel worthless, even when the world makes us feel worthless, that God looks at us and sees us as worthy. Jesus' resurrection is the proof that even when someone we love dies, that's not the last we see of them that they too will rise from the dead and with them we will go to where our Savior has gone. If you take Jesus' resurrection out, everything that the Bible says about Jesus is pretty believable news. It's pretty safe news. It's just not the good news. Friends, don't ease up on Easter. First and foremost, because Easter, the message of Easter, is an essential part of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But won't it get you laughed at? If you would have gone on Twitter last Sunday and searched the hashtag Easter, you would have seen a very even mix of Christians offering encouraging and hopeful words and non-Christians ridiculing them for those statements. Will Easter get you laughed at? it? It might. But really it shouldn't. You see, there's this conception out there that that we as Christians, like, like every other person of every other religion, have what is called blind faith. And that is completely untrue about Easter. Recently, I was watching a video of a very interesting debate between an atheist and a Christian. And in that debate, the Christian actually quoted, cited something that the atheist had recently written and published. The atheist had made the statement that if a claim is not falsifiable, the credibility of that claim is instantly weakened. In other words, it is the easiest thing in the world for anyone to claim anything if it can't be proven false. Let me give you an example. Now, <clears throat> I would maybe guess or I would assume that, that in your house, your children have never and would never tell a single lie to you ever. <laughs> and if that's the case, you'll have to just use your imagination a little bit here. But imagine for a second that, that something in your house breaks. Something that no one was supposed to be touching is all of a sudden broken. It is the easiest thing in the world for a child to say, I didn't do it even if he did. Why? Because you can't prove otherwise, right? In contrast, imagine you tell the child to go and pick up all the toys in the toy room. It is much more difficult for that child to come and say to you, I'm all done, the job is finished, if it's really not. Why? Because you could immediately prove otherwise. In fact, in my house, I mean, I mean in houses I've heard rumors about, it's the easiest thing in the world, right? All you have to say is, okay, if you're done, then every toy I find on the, to- on the floor is mine. And instantly, if that claim is false, that claim is dropped and off they go to finish the job. So realize, friends, that, that the claim that Jesus rose from the dead is a whole lot like the latter and nothing like the former. And Paul reminded the Corinthians of that too. Not only did he tell them that Jesus rose from the dead, but he said this. And he appeared to Cephas, and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also. So Paul is saying here's the list. Here is everyone that has claimed to see Jesus alive. If you don't believe me, go and talk to them. Go interview them. Go try to persuade them otherwise. Go threaten them with their lives if they don't retract what they're saying. Or, for that matter, go find a body. This all happened right in the city of Jerusalem where everyone was watching. Friends, believe me, every single one of those things was tried, and not a single one of those things worked. So do we have blind faith? Well, sure. The things that we put our faith in, we haven't seen personally. But what we believe has been seen. And the people who saw it said that they saw it right when they saw it and refused to deny that they saw it even though it led to their death. In other words, when Jesus' followers claimed that he had risen from the dead, it was arguably the most falsifiable claim in the history of the world. If it had been false, it would have been so easy to demonstrate that. And so, friends, don't ease up on Easter, not one bit. Not only is Easter the heart and core of the gospel message, but the message of Easter is based not on, on blind faith, but on reliable eyewitness testimony. And, friends, finally, don't ease up on Easter because, because Easter works. The message of the resurrection is powerful. You know, I think at the end of the day, sometimes we just need to get out of our own heads a little bit. Stop caring so much what what other people might think of us. Start caring more about where those people will spend their eternity. And remember that the gospel is not just information. It's not just our opinion. It is the power of our almighty God. And it works. Imagine for a second if Paul had arrived at that Jewish synagogue and said, well, the message of Easter got all the Jews kicked out of Rome, so I I better ease up a little bit. Instead, he preached that message of the resurrection. And yes, some opposed him. But some, including one of the rulers of the synagogue, believed him. Or imagine if Paul had then gone to the Gentiles and said, well, this this message got me laughed at in Athens, so I, I better ease up a bit. Instead... He proclaimed that same message and we're told that many believed and were baptized. How many? Well, by the time Paul wrote that letter that we know as 1 Corinthians, one of the the problems that the church was struggling with was factions had developed. Do you know how big a church has to be in order for factions to form? I think if someone wanted to start a faction here at Good News, Really, all they could do is is go stand in the corner all by themselves and that, that would be their faction. A church has to be a substantial size in order for these cliques and factions to form and That's what was going on in Corinth. The church had grown to be that large. The message of Easter is powerful. And so Paul didn't ease up on Easter. He didn't ease up on Easter one bit. And in fact, during his stay in Corinth, Jesus encouraged him to continue to do the same. Jesus appeared to him and said, Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent. Don't ease up on Easter. But did you notice the promises that followed that encouragement? Jesus said to him, For I am with you, and no one is going to attack or harm you, because I have many people in this city. Why would we not ease up on Easter? Because of those incredible promises. Promises that you and I can take with us wherever we go. Promises that you and I can stand securely on. God is with us. No one will harm us. The message of Easter is powerful. And friends, the only reason those promises can be kept, the only reason that Jesus is alive and well and fully able to keep each one of those promises is because Christ is risen. Amen. For more information about Good News Lutheran Church, visit www.goodnewslc.org.